Welcome to the Metal Maven Podcast, where we explore and discover the process and passions of artists in the metal music and art community. The fourth episode of Metal Maven Podcast features rock photographer Jeremy Saffer. His work has donned the covers of Metal Hammer, Outburn, Revolver, Kerrang, and many more. Jeremy, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So let's start from the beginning. You were originally a musician before becoming a rock photographer. Can you talk about that transformation and how you changed your professional path? Yeah, without getting too, too deep into it, basically I started as a musician who took photos of other musicians that I was playing with. Like my band opened up for a lot of bigger bands and I would take the photos to sort of show, hey, this is who we played with. And then the promoter who booked our shows, booked the bigger shows, saw me shooting and had me shoot all his local shows, which are, you know, metal and hardcore shows. And he worked for a bigger company called Mass Concerts, which ran, you know, the Palladium, the Webster, all these bigger venues, much more, you know, not global, but all of New England. And so I started shooting for them as well, shooting concerts. But it was very much, you know, a fan thing where, you know, I shot concerts to get into the concert for free so I could see the bands I wanted to see. But, you know, they used the photos and we all got something out of it. Um, At the time, I was still a musician. Going to Berklee School of Music was like the dream and I got there. And as I was going to Berklee, I started hating playing music and I would skip homework to shoot shows. I was finding much more in photography than music at the time. And after a few semesters, I went to this person, Scott Lee, and asked him, you know, hey, I'm dropping out of Berkeley. I hate this. I don't want to play music. You know, the thing with music is I could play metal and love it. If you ask me to play jazz, I'll hate it. You ask me to play blues, I hate it. If it's not metal, I'll probably hate it. With photography, I could shoot anything and love it. So anyway, I went up to him and, you know, I was like, I'm done with Berkeley. I don't know what to do with my life. And he asked me, you know, what do you want to do? What do you like doing? What do you have fun doing? And I said, shooting shows, taking pictures. And he looked at me like I was the last person to get it. He was like, do that. (laughs) Because I didn't think of it as, okay, someone can make a living at it. I always looked at it as like, oh, I'm a fan who takes pictures of bands that I like. I never looked at it as, I can make a living or even a dime doing this because I always did it for fun. And so I basically put down the guitar to pick up a camera and just kept going and, you know, started touring, Uh, went to a photo school for a little bit. It was a 10 month intensive program kind of thing at Hallmark Institute of Photography. Uh, So I did that and I basically jumped off tour to go there, went there, jumped right back on tour and over the next two years is when everything from those 10 months really soaked in and I kind of understood what I had just gone through and all those lessons, all the things I've learned, you know, they were, they, they become part of your foundation basically, but it, it takes a while for those things to soak in as you actually do them on the field. It's one thing to be in this controlled teaching environment being told, okay, this is how you light this, this is how you shoot this. And then it's another when you have a band in front of you and you have five minutes to shoot them because they're about to go on stage and you have to nail it and get it right. And then you figure out, oh, this is what they said would happen. You know, 
time-wise, if you shoot this way, if you should light this way, how to light it correctly, and all that fun stuff. And yeah, that's basically how I kind of hit that fork in the road and went into photography. That's awesome. But it's like, you love metal music, you're you're playing that as a musician, but now it was kind of like an easy transition into being a photographer, because it's like, the enjoyment was there, and it was still like in the arena that you wanted to be in, like you're still in the audience, like taking photos, you're still backstage, you're still kind of like, I don't know, in your zone, in your location that you're supposed to be in and thrive in. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely neck deep in the music world. I'm not very good at being like the quote unquote artist, like the photographer, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm much more like you ask me who a gallery owner is. I couldn't tell you one. You ask me who these well-known super famous amazing photographers are i know very few you ask me who a tour manager is for any given band i'll give you their name and what band they're out with right now and who the guitar tech is and who the touring drummer is and you know my, my world is very much music more so than art and so i'm kind of the way scott put it you know he's kind of my mentor he's like okay so you're like you didn't become a rock star by playing music. You became a rock star by being a photographer. And I, I don't think I'm a rock star or anything like that. I'm not that type of person or that egomaniac or anything like that. But I get what he meant. It's more like I'm in the music world. I'm not in the art world. It's just my instrument's a camera. I think that lack of ego is to your advantage. Like, you are an amazing photographer. but And you should you should know that and be like... I am great at this because you are, Jeremy. <laughs> I have my I mean, moments every you, now and again. <laughs> you have a lot of good moments. I'll say that. I mean, I've met you backstage and you're super professional. You have everything like set up, ready to go. And it just seems like you do it flawlessly. That's just like just to watch you like transition from backstage to in the pit. And then, you know, then you like are off like oh, I'm taking photos like in the alley afterwards of, you know, for like personal things that you may sell at your store. So it's like. He's got it down. <laughs> oh, you'd have to after this many years. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. It was a lot of trial and error for sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. So all of these people you know and have met, and now that we have your backstory, um, when an artist or a band or the band manager contacts you, what is your creative process start to finish? Because there's definitely more to it than point and click. Well, every shoot's kind of its own thing. Everything's very different. Um, there's no one path. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So sometimes a magazine will assign me a photo shoot with a band, and they'll have a very specific concept. Um, sometimes they'll be like, go do your thing. And that's mm -hmm. all they'll say. Uh, sometimes a band will hit me up and hire me directly and say, you know, we have this really intricate idea. We need a makeup artist. We need this. We need you know, an FX artist, we need extras. And then sometimes bands are like, well, I don't know, we just need a photo on a background. And, you know, it's more up to me. Sometimes it's usually when there's an idea, it's very collaborative where they'll come to me with a concept and ask me how to make it happen. And I'll come up with some ideas and we'll, you know, tinker with it until we make it happen or change the idea a little bit. So it's always different for sure. Mm. You know, most times I would say, eight out of 10 times, there's no concept. It's just, we're doing a photo shoot. And it's up to the lighting, the background, and the band to kind of 
make that a unique photo shoot so it doesn't look like every other photo shoot and there's no concept and you know concepts can get real cheesy or they can get real awesome sometimes they work sometimes they don't and the problem with conceptual shoots is when you're doing a regular shoot without a concept you have okay i have these three spots i can shoot it with these four different types of lighting we get like you know nine ten different sets okay we have a concept to shoot we're shooting that concept and if that doesn't work we are effed you know because mm-hmm. there's so much more that goes into concept and with like building stuff but sometimes it's so much more fun than just a normal photo shoot so it varies it ebbs and flows yeah has there ever been a shoot where like you thought like oh my god this may not work but then it ended up being amazing in the end uh, I'm sure there are. I have the memory of Dory at best, so um, I'm no trying worries. to think of it. I, I know there's so many shoots where I get, I get stressed sometimes in the moment where I'm like, before the shoot, I'm like messing with lighting. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work. And then I'll move something. I'm like, ah, oh, this doesn't work. And then I'll move something. I'm like, ah, oh, hell yeah, we got it. This is it. Awesome. So just a so, little micro adjustment and you're like, okay, now I see what we need to do. Yeah, most times. Um conceptual things are usually locked in pretty pretty well i don't think there's any there was a concept i shot that didn't work it was um a very well-known metalcore band and we wanted to do something with them and this was early 2000s we want to do something with them kind of tied up with shirts around their head and blood on the shirts kind of like a horror-inspired captive thing, and it ended up looking like like there was a beheading video that came out maybe the same week of that photo shoot, and we looked at the photos and we're like, oh yeah, no, we we can't use this. Nope. <laughs> it was just like too it, similar. Oh, it looked like a straight up like terrorist kind of thing. So oh, God. we were just like, okay, this doesn't come off as horror. It comes off as, you know. 9-11 kind of stuff and it's not good that was one situation where it didn't work but i want to say that's within the first year of me doing photo shoots where i was just not thinking about oh okay what you know i'm trying to have i'm just doing this for fun this was kind of a spur of the moment thing what can this image you know mean to certain people negatively and usually I don't care. I like pushing the envelope. That one was just a whole, like, that was a big nope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you learn from those things, though. And then, like, that stuff, like, never leaves your mind as you move on to other projects, you know? You just move on and, like, you get better as you go. So over the years, how would you say your photography has evolved? Um, what is your signature style that makes you stand out and have your work featured on magazine covers? Well, I don't know that I have a signature style. I know a lot of people say I do, but I'm not good at pinpointing it. Other people are. I am I think if you do something enough, and no matter how different it is, it all gets put into the same kind of Venn diagram, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you do different things, but they all have your little, you know, twist on it, but you don't see it because you look at it as I'm doing different things. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what my signature style would be. Uh, but, I mean, th- that that's the whole thing about, like, having a signature look is a lot of photographers don't know that they do. And it's up to kind of, you know, the same thing with art, where it's up to the viewer to sort of 
say, okay, this is art and this is not art, or this is a signature look and this is not, you know? That, yeah. That's a really cool thing about art because it's not always the artists. You, you know, I think artists calling themselves artists is such bullshit sometimes. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just like an ego stroke. It's like, okay, you're a painter, sure. You're a photographer, sure. An artist, that's up to them. That's up to the critics. That's not up to you. Yeah. But... I mean, I guess if you make a living off it, you are what you are. Um, I, I just, I don't see myself that way. I guess I look at myself differently. But um, in terms of how my thing, my, my photography has evolved, it's a lot of trial and error. A lot of, you know, changing different types of lighting, trying different types of lighting, getting new gear that kind of changes the way you shoot certain things, looking at what doesn't work in certain shoots you know when you have that shoot where you're like oh if i just did this differently this would look so much more awesome and then you do that differently in the next shoot and make it better it's always about trying to improve and learn Mm -hmm. learn more equipment learn new things learn new techniques learn new lighting learn newer stuff as you know with anything technology is constantly evolving so Everything you do now is going to be obsolete soon, so you got to keep on learning and keep on figuring out ways to better yourself. Exactly. So currently, what is your weapon of choice in regards to equipment and technique? Uh, co- equipment's all over the place. Um, my cameras are all Canon. Um, 1DX is my main with um, a bunch of different lenses. My 24 to 70 is probably my main studio. Um, the 85 1.2 is probably my main natural light and outdoors, and I use that live as well. My main live is likely my 16 to 35, along with the 85 1.2. And then I also break out the 15 millimeter fisheye for live because it's such an underused live lens. Well, Canon discontinued it, which didn't help. But um, and then the 70 to 200, I break out every now and again in studio, very rarely live, and I have a 2x extender i use if ever there's a soundboard shoot which aren't many because i'm mostly not shooting you know beyonce and lady gaga anymore i'm mostly doing metal so yeah because i've seen you you have this like this rig this like um it's like a utility belt almost where you can just put the camera down and quickly change your lens i see i've seen you in the pit when you're photographing live music so i was just wondering like how many lenses do you keep on you when you're in that kind of situation? I know it varies from being backstage at your home studio or something that's like isolated and not in that live setting. I was just wondering what you hold on you when you're doing that. Well, save from for one lens, I usually have the same lenses with me. Um, the 70 to 200 is the only one I would ever leave at home and not bring me, with me to a, a show or a shoot, but usually I have it with me. And it always depends on the venue. I'll know what venue I'm going into and what the shooting conditions are. So I'll know if, if the stage is too high or not wide enough, I won't bring my fisheye because that, well, I'll bring it. I just won't really use it. Um, I always have the 1635 and the 85.1.2 on me at all times for live. Um, for shooting in studio, I always have the 24 to 70 and 1635 at all times. Yeah, so those are pretty much the lenses I'll always have with me. 85 1.2. 24 to 70, 2.8, and the fisheye. Do you research what the bands 
performance is before you go into it? Because I know they have like different lighting and like when certain things change, like do you research what the lighting would be on stage for the bands that you're shooting for? Or do you just go off of what the venue offers? I mean, or just what the venue has initially? Well, most bands I shoot actually have their own lighting and their own LD. Like they'll have their own lighting director with them who will do the lighting for the show. But there's no way to really research that unless you watch all the live clips from that tour. And even then, if they're not bringing their own lighting with them, which, you know, some bands have their own lighting director, but not their own lighting with them, it's going to change every single night. It's not going to be consistent. So unless you're on the tour shooting multiple dates of the tour, you don't really know what you're going into. And, you know, shooting multiple dates of the tour if you're shooting more than the first three songs is a great way to get an idea of where to get the best shots the second night, you know, or the third night, the first night you're kind of seeing it. And when you're on a full tour, it's super easy to get all the key shots because you know, you're seeing it 30 days in a row. Yeah. You know, the pattern, you know, all exactly. everything. And it, it's a lot of counting and that's something I teach. Um, you'll watch the lighting and you'll see it'll go, you know, say red, green, yellow, red, green, yellow, red, green, yellow with the music. And if you count and get ready and you want to hit that yellow because you don't want that red, you just wait for that green, get ready to shoot, take the picture when it hits yellow. But the trick is you got to make sure the yellow lines up with whatever the artist is doing in front of you. And that looks cool because if they're doing something cool when it's green and then something in between or dumb when it's yellow, you kind of kind of got to roll with the punches and get the next shot. So you have to be super aware and adaptable when you're photographing live performances, it seems like. Absolutely, because you're not really in control of the ambient lighting. If you shoot with a flash, which a lot of people are very against, a lot of bands say no flash, a lot of venues say no flash, I often use it. When I'm allowed to, I often ask a band who says no flash to allow me to use it because I don't use 100%, I use like 20% as fill. And what that does is it locks in the artist and then I bleed in the ambient lighting. So if there's red lighting and I have this red Hulk looking Hellboy creature in front of me or this blue Smurf or green Hulk kind of, you know, what are you gonna do with a photo of that? Turn it to black and white, that's the only thing you can do. But you add fill flash and they get a natural skin tone, you know, the, the white fill. And then you have all that red and purple and green and whatever lighting behind them in the photo. So that's what I try to do when I'm allowed to. But sometimes the lighting is just so dark that there's nothing you can do other than, you know, you have to use flash. And then other times the lighting's much more adequate, especially if you're shooting in, say, an arena. So shooting something like, say, Alice Cooper. His lighting's incredible. And, you know, I think they have spotlights. I'm not sure, but... Either way, you don't need a flash with Alice Cooper because there's so much lighting. He's playing big, big, big venues. Whereas metal bands, you know, they keep it dark, they keep it creepy, they use lots of reds, and it's not as easy. When you're in the pit, I mean, I feel like most other photographers that are in there with you are, you know, everyone keeps it professional, but it, does it ever get competitive down there? Um, so, so you get, like, somebody wants to, like, really get the right shot, or is it pretty amicable it depends on the situation there's certainly been situations where people have thrown elbows and gotten kicked out of photo pits and people jumping in the way of other people and people getting aggro 
um, I'd say there's more competition on Facebook threads and more negativity on Facebook threads than there is in a photo pit. Um, it happens. It is what it is. But, you know, everyone's there for different reasons. I don't look at it as competition. It's like, I'm shooting for this reason. This photographer is not shooting for the same reason I'm shooting. We're not in competition with each other. Yeah, we mm-hmm. probably want similar shots, but, you know, I'm not going to steal his job. He's not going to steal mine. It's all good. All right, sweet. Well, in regards to professionalism, there's also more to being in a creative business than than just the actual work. There's all the behind the scenes and you have to maintain high reputation and integrity. And I was wondering, what are your standards and expectations of yourself that got you to this point in your career? I'm not sure how to answer that properly, but I would say in terms of my standards and my reputation, it's just being professional at all times, being kind, being fair, I don't know, and not being shitty, I guess. That always works. That always helps. (laughs) And always delivering amazing work. How much do you go over your photography and like give it a critical eye before you hand it over? Like what is that behind the scenes for you when you're basically judging your own work and making sure it's good enough to give to your client? Oh, everyone's kind of their harshest critic. Um, And a lot of times I'll hand something in and then I'll be told, hey, can you fix this, this, and this? And it's no problem. But um, I look at everything as print. I don't look at it as it's just another image. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to say like, okay, I want to make this photo strong enough where it could be used for a poster, used for a cover, used for a photo print. I think of things in physical form. I'm not thinking of, okay, this is going on Instagram. And I want everything to have that sort of quality where it's worth having on your wall. It's worth having in a magazine. Because if it's not, what's the point in taking it, you know? Like if it just has one use, then what's the point? You should have multiple, like trying to get the most out of every photo that you take. Oh, absolutely. Perfect. Well, I know you also do other photography besides rock photography, um, and I just want to talk about your passion work. I know you just recently announced your Daughters of Darkness project that you've been working on for almost a decade. Sure, yeah. Daughters of Darkness actually is the Corpse Paint project. Oh, It's, it's right. the title for it. Um, okay. The, the way it came about is um, years and years and years ago, my friend Kareem, who was at the time a tour manager for like Napalm Death and Black Dahlia and he works for Indie Merch, he's the best dude. Um, he wanted to start a clothing line called NLSL Clothing and there's an, a famous album cover of a band called Pulp and the name of the album is This Is Hardcore. And it's a girl face down with a red kind of pillow or background and she's just looking down. And his concept was to shoot this with a model in corpse paint and say, you know, NLSL clothing, this is black metal. And I shot plenty of black metal bands, black metal being my favorite genre, you know, Mortal's my favorite band, so it made sense. And Kareem and I had known each other years, and so he he was like, yeah, do, do this shoot, and I got a model in, and we did the, the mock cover shoot which ended up being on a shirt and the funniest thing it was offset printing so it wasn't dead center and if you look up 
this shirt, you might be able to find it. If you look up the Pope, this is hardcore shirt, shirt uh, album cover, you may find it. It was basically printed on the belly. So when you put on the shirt, the corpse-painted woman's face is down, dead center on your lower abdomen with a mouth open. <laughs> oh, so it became the black metal blowjob shirt. Oh, un- <laughs> unintentional. It, extremely unintentional, but super funny. Oh um, my gosh. So when we did that shoot, I had worked with that model a few times, and it was a nude shoot because the the woman is nude in the cover, and I've shot nude with this. Well, I've shot this model nude multiple times, you know, with fine art stuff. We decided to kind of shoot more than than the gig. We wanted to shoot, you know, on a background in the basement of the studio, all around, do a bunch of stuff in corpse paint. And, you know, I immediately was like, oh, this is this is awesome. This is everything that I grew up on. So after doing that first shoot, editing those photos, I immediately wanted to do a project with it. And I think within days I lined up like 20 shoots for it. And... I wasn't sure what I what the, the end result was going to be. I wanted to do, at first, you know, a series and then a calendar, which I, I did put out two calendars years and years and years ago, but that's a long time ago. And then I've been wanting to put out a book for years and years, but it's just kind of like, I just kept on shooting. I'm not good at stopping. I'm not good at, like, letting go of things. So I was just like, oh, all right, well, there's these five models I haven't shot yet, so I'll shoot them too. So... Then it turned out to be, you know, 400 models I've shot for this. And the whole concept behind it is, I don't know if you ever did this when you were younger, you would go into a music store, go to the metal section and start scanning through CDs or records and not knowing who the band is, you saw a cool cover or a cool logo and you're like, I'm going to buy this because it's probably going to be good. And then for me, it was anytime I saw a band with corpse paint on or you know, all those classic Napalm and um, I'm forgetting the other label. They were, and even the old Cradle of Phil stuff. You see this, you know, nude model in this beautiful landscape and there's a black metal logo over it. And you're like, oh my God, this is going to be the most epic album ever. And you either get this amazing black metal or doom record and you had no idea, but the cover is what sold you. It was the imagery that sold you. And that was really my passion behind this project because it's like, oh, okay, you know, this is what inspired all the music I grew up on, you know, oh, well, for me to grow up on it. And it's kind of has that duality. It really has that Beauty and the Beast kind of thing, which is, I always think is a cool thing. Like, Legend's one of my favorite movies ever. I love the whole duality of that. So you have this, yeah, yeah, such a good movie. So you have um, this beautiful figure and this, evil jarring you know corpse paint face doing black metal poses or you you know we mix it up there's somewhere they're doing like straight up black metal poses somewhere they're doing more elegant you know calmer poses but it all those photos have that sort of duality to it where it's it's like evil it's beautiful it's dark it's sometimes creepy it's you know it's a whole lot of all of that which is what I was going for and now we're finally you know I have new management now and they're kind of 
setting up the gallery thing, looking for a publisher, trying to get that to happen. That's and awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it, today I posted about it, which is probably what you saw. Yeah. And then the cool thing was from that post, a lot came out of it. A lot of galleries hit me up and said they, they're interested. Um, a couple like dream venues, two dream venues hit me up and said, hey, let's let's do this. Let's make it happen. So I figure the gallery shows will happen. And then from there, the book will happen and it'll be awesome. If it's featured at the Satanic Temple of Salem, I have to go. My fingers are crossed, but dude, uh, it's so amazing if that happens. Yes, I feel I'm great. sending out the good vibes for that. <laughs> or the evil vibes. The, yes, the, the, the good evil vibes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a perfect pairing if it happens. So my fingers are crossed, right. invertedly, of course. Of course. So to conclude, I'd love to discuss your music photography seminar and workshop. On May 25th and 26th in Chicopee, Massachusetts, you're passing on the knowledge to help fledgling artists get their foot in the door and level up their skills. What's the goal or fulfillment from teaching others? And of course, obviously, you know, let's discuss what you'll be doing in this seminar and workshop. For sure. Um, I've been doing workshops for the better part of a decade. And my whole thing was when I was starting... I reached out to a lot of photographers who weren't helpful. They were very secretive. They didn't want to give you their secrets, tell you how to accomplish what you wanted to accomplish because they looked at you as competition. And I think that's not the right way to do it. I think that's a very bad way to be. You know, you want to help each other out. You want to be a community. You want to, you know, teach people. You know, so they don't have to go through the hardships you do. I mean, there's a lot about paying your dues, and I understand that. Yes, you have to pay your dues. You don't get a free pass. But sharing your knowledge is not a free pass. That's, okay, this is what I did to get there. This is what you can do. It might not work for you, but it's how I did it. And I don't mind sharing this stuff. I'm not a secretive person. I'm not holding on to that and keeping it from people because I just think that's not the way to be. So in the seminar, um, this one's called Capturing Music. Or actually, no, I, I, I finished that one. This one's just the music. It's just titled the Music Photography Seminar and Workshop. It's, it's what I used to do. I used to do one called Capturing Music, but this one's been extended. It's basically two eight to ten hour days, which they're long days. And the first day is the seminar where it's basically a PowerPoint for the first majority of the day. And I go over everything from, you know, getting published, getting paid, what to charge, how to rate your stuff, how to sell your stuff, um, how to send invoices, how to negotiate contracts, lighting, um, using different types of lighting, different lighting techniques, uh, full lighting tutorial, um, photo breakdowns where I'll have a photo up there, talk about the lighting, and then have a next photo and have them try to figure out the lighting, and then I tell them what it is, that kind of stuff. Talking about concert photography, um, so much more. It's it's a very, very long but very informative and very thorough 
slideshow. And then after the slideshow, we do a lighting tutorial where I'll set up a full studio set, go over my equipment, show them how it works and what I do with it and the different types of lighting I use, and then they get to try it out. The next day, I have guest bands come in, and then we do a Q&A, and the, they get to ask the bands, you know, stuff like, what do you look for when you hire a photographer? What type of photographer would you take on tour with you? And everything in between, things that they normally don't get to ask bands. And then I do a live photo shoot with a band, and I have a really, really cool one for this uh, this upcoming one in, in Massachusetts. So I'll do a photo shoot with a band, and it's not a mock photo shoot. It's a legit photo shoot, and it's being used. And then after that photo shoot, the students take everything they learned from the seminar, take everything they learned from the lighting, and then they use my lighting to do different photo shoots with the band, but I make it real life. I become the tour manager, and I say, okay, you have like three minutes to get this shot before they have their meet and greet go because that's a real life situation i've dealt with and i feel like throwing them in there where they get more than one chance it's not like they have one one set they have probably five to ten sets of shoots with the guest bands and guest artists so they get the hang of it which is pretty cool you can see people are kind of nervous at first and then by the second or third round they're they're getting into it they're giving direction they're telling them how to pose they know the names they know the lighting they want they know exactly what they're trying to get and and it's awesome and then we wrap up and i actually live edit a photo from the photo shoot i just did and i do a group shot a solo shot a close-up one further away so they could see every different way i edit because i edit those very differently and yeah, I've been doing it for a while, and this is going to be the last one I do on the East Coast. I'm going to be announcing a final West Coast uh, date for this seminar sometime, you know, summer or fall. And then the idea is, like, this this takes so much out of me doing, you know, two eight-hour days in a row plus talking in between and talking after and all that that I end up with a sore throat for, like, a week and a half. So I just need to not do that anymore (laughs) i need to kind of rather than having you know 75 subjects i touch on kind of separated out so i can do more you know not not smaller seminars per se but basically focus on one thing and maybe take something like a lighting tutorial that's two hours long and make it a five hour lighting tutorial or take something like the business of music photography where we talk about, you know, pricing, edit, uh, pricing, invoicing, contracts, negotiating, endorsement, and all that kind of stuff and turn it from like a little half hour segment into like maybe a two hour kind of seminar. And I can really go in and, well, you know, this seminar is for everybody, pros, amateurs, it, it's a little bit for everybody. Maybe I can do some seminars in the future that aren't some that are for established photographers who need to know this and then some that are specifically for beginning photographers who need to learn lighting so i'm definitely going to change it up in the future these are going to be my last two for a while for sure and these are definitely my final two all-inclusive two-day super long seminars that is amazing i mean it's not just accessible but like fully loaded I mean, I know if I was a beginner photographer, I'd be like, thank you for this. Because 
sometimes people, they just think about the work, you know, they think about the act of just taking photography or, or, you know, doing what needs to be done creatively. And they're not thinking about invoicing and the business and then actually being there is different than thinking about going to do it. Like, and then you're giving them the chance to mess up, but not officially, you know, like perhaps you're like when you first started, you didn't have that choice. You were like, I might make a mistake today. That's, that's on me. And you can kind of teach them like, this is how I, this is, you know, that feeling of getting thrown in at first, you know? Absolutely. When I started music photography, seminars didn't exist. When I started doing them, they didn't exist. Not to my knowledge anyway. And now there's a few photographers out there that do them, which is great because, you know, it gives you that little cushion. It gives you that safety net of being able to try it when it doesn't count, when it's not going to go against, you know, your professionalism and you're not going to ruin, you know, an assignment. Or, or ruin a shoot for a band or ruin a shoot for a record label and lose pay over it. You know, yeah. you have the chance to to just do it, which is awesome. And it's also a level of like building up a level of confidence. You know, sometimes you get like super scared before you do something. You're like, you know, you're just kind of like hyping yourself up and you're like, maybe I'm not going to get this done correctly. You know, you have that anxiety. And I think if people take this seminar with you, they'll just they'll feel much more relaxed in that first environment they're in you know what I mean yeah that's absolutely one of the biggest things that students have said having taken it there they didn't have their confidence they were scared to pose one of the a big thing about the seminar is confidence is key and that's something I bring up again and again and being able to pose people and direct them and a lot of feedback I get from bands shooting them is wow, you actually direct us. No other photographer does. They just tell us to be evil. And what does that even mean? And so I definitely come from the school of you need to direct your shot because you need to control it. Mm-hmm. And when you see these students starting to shoot and they're just like, um, hi, you know, they're scared. And then by the third or fourth set, they're like, you chin down, you turn in this way, you do that. You know, it's, it's awesome. And they leave with that confidence and then they apply it. I've had so many students go on to become published photographers, touring photographers, and then other things in the music world. Um, One of my past interns and students was a tour manager for Of Mice and Men. Now he's a tour manager for Diplo. Um, Another one is the photographer and touring merch dude for Silverstein. Another one tours on Warp Tour, or two of them tour on Warp Tour. It's great to see these guys use what they learned and apply it and get to the next level and get, you know, beyond that, way beyond that. They just kept going and going. The the only way you can really fail is to give up. If you keep going, you'll get there. Definitely. That sounds amazing. I mean, it's like confidence, discipline, and control. It's like you kind of need those three things to, like, make it in this industry. And that's what you're teaching people to kind of find that in themselves like it all starts inside yeah you can work a camera you can do that but you have to like carry those traits with you when you're in this business absolutely so it's pretty vital oh my gosh so I'm super glad that you're teaching people this because I don't know even in my own work it's like I have I've always been trying to figure things out on my own so it's like when I see other people help others it just, I don't know, it makes me feel great, especially like in our industry that we that we work in. You know, it's like if more people can 
help others and like have them contribute to the music community, that's a great thing. Absolutely. So is the East Coast seminar sold out? Because last I checked, you only had six tickets left. So I was just wondering. Nope, there's still six tickets left. <laughs> Perfect. All right, guys, jeremysaffer.com slash seminar. You really should invest in your photographic future with him. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, Jeremy, that's all the questions I have for you today. And I really want to thank you for taking time out of your night to chat with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. To view more of Jeremy's photography, including his latest personal project, Corpse Paint, visit jeremysaffer.com. And if you're interested in learning the ins and outs of music photography, check out Jeremy's hands-on and in-depth seminar happening in Chicopee, Massachusetts on May 25th and 26th. Tickets are limited, so head to jeremysaffer.com seminar now to secure your spot and level up your skills. Visit MetalMavenPodcast.com for links to Jeremy's social profiles, videos, and read the full transcript of this interview. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure to subscribe to Metal Maven Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play.